This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo, the senior editor at BreastCancer.org. We're on location at the 2017 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My guest is Dr. Jennifer Litton, associate professor of breast medical oncology at the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. She's presented results from the Embarca study, which looked at using the experimental targeted therapy talazoparib compared to chemotherapy to treat advanced stage HER2 negative breast cancer in people who have a BRCA1 or a BRCA2 mutation. Dr. Litton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being here. So first, to help everybody out, because this is an experimental uh, medicine, can you explain how talazoparib works? Yes. So talazoparib is a PARP inhibitor. And it actually blocks one of the enzymes that helps DNA repair itself. And in addition to uh, blocking that repair, it also sits and traps itself onto the DNA strand while it's trying to divide. So it stops these cells that are rapidly dividing from dividing and the cell dies off. Okay, perfect. Now, I understand the study that you worked on looks specifically at people with a BRCA1 or a BRCA2 mutation. And if you could explain a little bit about why those people were chosen, is the cancer more aggressive in those people or what? Well, actually, this is a point where we can take advantage of that BRCA gene not working. BRCA genes are, in fact, fixer genes. We have DNA damage all the time when our cells divide. And when the BRCA1 or 2 gene is not working, mistakes get by and the cell can transform to a cancer cell. So. If a cell already has a defect in repairing its DNA, such as having a BRCA1 or 2 mutation, and we block that escape route that that cancer cell might try to still fix the DNA just enough to divide and still be a cancer cell, by blocking both of those at the same time, it's what we call synthetic lethality, and these drugs can be very effective in patients with these with these inherited mutations. Okay, and... I'm wondering too, so I actually have two questions now. So would talazoparib work in people without that mutation? And is it possible you would study talazoparib in people who have, say, another mutation linked to a higher risk of breast cancer? Those are really great questions. So for the first one, we really are seeing that, that a BRCA mutation is one of the things that really sensitizes patients with tumors to these particular drugs. There are very small groups in some of the early phase trials, and we really did see most of the effect of the single agent just with those patients with the inherited mutation. That being said, I think that there is a lot of promise for this class of drugs in some combinations that are going to go forward in clinical trials to try to expand the group of patients that might benefit from this drug. Now your second question. Second question was, do you think that this could, uh, telezoprib could potentially work against other uh, mutations linked to a higher risk of breast cancer? Absolutely, so that is um, one of the things that is absolutely going forward. As we've expanded our genetic testing, where we're seeing other genes that are in that same repair pathway as BRCA, such as PALB2. Um, although they weren't specifically in these trials, as these trials were devi- devised years ago, 
Um, that is certainly moving forward and I think would be another reason to expand um, to make sure that we're offering genetic testing to people who are appropriate to be tested because it might have further therapeutic implications at this time in clinical trials and hopefully in the future. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Now, in the study, uh, you compared telezoparib to a uh, chemotherapy regimen of doctor's choice. Can you talk a little bit about side effects between the two groups? Sure. So I just first... There's no standard one drug in this situation in patients with metastatic, ER positive, or triple negative breast cancer. So it, it would be really hard to just pick one that we had to compare, and, and uh, therefore we had to pick what was generally used. Um, as far as the side effects, uh, first of all, telezoprib is an oral pill once a day versus, um, although capecitabine is oral, it, it is twice a day, and the other chemotherapies are IV. We are seeing increase of anemia in patients with telezoprib, often very well managed with either dose delays, dose reductions. Some patients did need blood transfusions. However, only two patients in the entire study needed to come off on the telosopra bar because of the anemia. The other interesting thing that we saw a little bit uh, differently was alopecia, so hair loss, was um, uh, higher in in patients with uh, talazoprib, about the same as we would see in chemotherapy, um, but they do appear to be much more often grade one, so more mild hair loss than the grade two hair losses that we saw in patients uh, on the chemotherapy arm. Okay, and the results of the study showed that talazoprib improved the time, it lengthened the time until the cancer grew. Is that's correct? Absolutely. So it did improve progression-free survival uh, with a hazard ratio of 0.54 that was highly statistically significant. Now, at the time that we were doing this analysis, there was a pre-planned analysis to look at overall survival if the progression-free survival was positive. So we did take a look at overall survival. So please know that it, it is an interim analysis and only 51% of the uh, events needed to calculate this were observed at this time. Now the hazard ratio is 0.76. Um, it is not statistically significant at this time, but the interesting thing is when we look at the curves, the curves are really separating at the end of the tail of the curves. And as we look now, there is still a significant higher percentage of patients still on TALA or still being followed for survival compared to the physician's choice. So I think uh, following this out as this data matures is going to be very important. And uh, remind me, how long have the patients been followed so far for the interim analysis, and then how long do you plan to follow them? Absolutely. So the median follow-up at this point is a little over 11 months, but we are following uh, for full survival endpoints of all the patients on the trial. And uh, as far as the regimen of telezoprib, is that something that a person would take as long as it's effective, or is it like for a year and then you stop? Or you know, you know, at this point for this particular study, it was looking at patients with metastatic cancer. So you took it for as long as it worked until it stopped working, or there was too many side effects, which is exactly how we treat patients with metastatic disease with any of our therapies at this time. So at this point, uh, uh, they're taking one dose just once a day, and it's oral, so they're not coming in, doing the IVs, and I think that really 
uh, one of the keys to this study is not just the progression-free survival and the interesting overall survival, but when we look at quality of life, that actually quality of life improved on patients who were on talisoprib versus deteriorating on, with, with patients who were on chemotherapy. And the time to a, a clinically meaningful deterioration in their health status was significantly improved in those patients who are on talisoprib. Uh, so, um, you know, when we're looking at toxicities and it's matching, but what we're seeing is that patients gain function too, as opposed to just all toxicity. And I think that's why uh, we're very intrigued by this class of drugs. Okay, that's very huge for patients. Um, so my last question is, and I know you are the researcher, you're <laughs> not the drug company, um, but given these promising results, does it seem likely down the road that we could see an approval for this? You know, yes. Yeah, so I, I am you know, an academic physician, uh, so I'm in no way uh, involved uh, financially with this uh, or the other trials as far as receiving. But um, I'm very excited about this class of drugs. I certainly hope it goes to the FDA so that it's an option for our patients. Just seeing, um, you know, giving an oral once a day option to our patients and the quality of life change. Even if we didn't see the improvements we were seeing, I would still think was important, and yet we're still seeing these improvements in quality of life, progression-free survival, and we'll have to see what happens with the overall survival. The BRCA trial was the one, it's the largest trial, and it was actually powered to see a difference in overall survival, and that does stand it apart from some of the other trials, so this will be important to follow out. Thank you so much.